This is the Equal Yoke Podcast. Hosted by husband and wife, Zach and Morgan Hill, this show exists to promote family theology within the context of an equally yoked marriage that plows ahead for the gospel and great commission. We've got work to do, so now let's plow ahead. All right, welcome to the Equal Yoke podcast. We're like episode seven, eight, nine, I don't know, something like that. We took a little break. We did take a little break. For Thanksgiving. We did take a little break for Thanksgiving, and it just so happened that just like clockwork, I mean, it's almost like you would see this on the internet and think, you know what? If it's on the internet, it has to be true. Everybody always gets sick around a holiday. Yes. me. Well, not you. I didn't. But both the kids and myself. I have more faith than you. I guess that's probably the issue. I also sent in $1,000. I hope you're not mad. And I got like this little, like this little anointed blanket. Which one? Um, Kenneth Copeland. Uh, Hand. Who'd you send it to? Uh, Jennifer LeClaire. And I also don't have any problems with sneaky squid spirits anymore. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad anyway, we to took a little break um, from the show because Thanksgiving, we were super busy. Immediately followed by sickness. And immediately <laughs> followed by sickness. And so here we are. We're plodding along. We are plowing ahead with some uh, other topics we've got coming down the pipeline. But there's one that has been reoccurring in uh, conversations in our marriage for goodness. All a couple, of a couple it. years, <laughs> yeah. A couple years, maybe three years now, and, and on multiple sides of the spectrum, really, yeah, as multiple life sides. has changed very much so. And we've also been having this reoccurring conversation with uh, friends and um, peers. And by God's providence, last week on the same day, two articles dropped that really got my attention, and. Uh, we've been having this same conversation with a, a couple of friends in particular over the past few weeks. And these articles had to do with music within the church. The first article that caught my attention was uh, an article that appeared on the G3 Ministries blog by a gentleman named David DeBrun. And the title of it was called Bubblegum Followed by Steak. And there was another article on the same day that appeared in the Christian Post, um, and it was by um, a, a journalist that interviewed the very famous Keith Getty of the the Gettys. Obviously, he and his <laughs> wife uh, Kristen are are quite um, they're very talented, very talented, very famous. Um, if you don't know the Gettys, um, they're most known for writing the modern hymn "In Christ Alone." Mm-hmm. Um, and Keith Getty, uh, in this post, said this to pastors, and this applies obviously to the family. Pastors, love your people enough to care about what they sing. And both of these articles had to do with with the content of music within the church. What are we actually singing, and what is the purpose of the music. The Keith Getty ha- uh, article has a lot more to do with the content, whereas uh, the bubblegum followed by steak, which is such a great article and it very is, it is very, very spot on. I saw that title and I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it has to do with the purpose of the music. And we will link both of these articles in the uh, show notes. So feel free to go and Check those out for yourself. Yeah, go read them. Go read them. Uh, and as we get into this, I'm sure we'll end up talking about some artists and some various people that we listen to. We'll link them free of charge. You don't have to send us anything, Brian, <laughs> if you ever listen to this. Um, so we'll, we'll link some stuff. But anyway, let, we want to talk about this because it is something that is, goodness, it is so pertinent. Sorry, that was potential spam. I don't even like potted meat. I have oh no gosh. idea why it keeps calling me. I'm more of like a roast beef guy if I had to pick like a deli meat. I don't even know what to say to you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> did you so, even know that's what I it was going to do with your that, button? <laughs> 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 that was oh. even better than like the applaud one oh, or man. the laughter. 
goodness. That was perfect. That was almost as good as Garrett's morgue joke. Oh my gosh, no. Shout out to Garrett Collier for making my wife almost... (laughs) No, I did. I had to spit out my drink because it was going to come out harder. (laughs) Yeah, she almost lost teeth through her her nasal cavity. It was (laughs) the worst, funniest joke of all time. Yes, this is what life is truly like. Living in our home. Back to the topic at hand. Plowing ahead. This is so pertinent and so important. And it is is our conviction that um, a lot of the shallow teaching, a lot of the false teaching, a lot of the confusion, and a lot of the just downright terrible people that get platformed, all of this gets platformed and gets highlighted and celebrated through music primarily in the church in the modern era. Yeah, for sure. Because for some reason, the church in the seeker-sensitive age, to its detriment, has elevated music to a uh, to a role, or rather, let me say this: it is not elevated music. It's actually it's actually devalued and uh, demoted music completely out of the realm into the of the church into um, the entertainment sphere. And now, basically, uh, what music in the church and the content of that music uh, is is truncated to is just kind of like the warm up. It's like kind of like the warm up. Everybody still kind of continues to mingle, talk, especially in a seeker sensitive style church. The lights are down, so they're trying to get you to have a experience. You know this this individualistic, self-centered experience with the Lord. I would even argue that it's not even always just a warm-up, though. Sometimes, like, that's their whole... Right. That's their vocal point. They they may sing for 45 minutes, and then you get a five-minute motivational speech tagged onto it. Right. So there, there's two two different, I guess, avenues that, yeah. I, would, that I would say in the seeker-sensitive... Uh, vain it would be that where it's a warm-up like people will will quote-unquote worship to it whatever that may look like they'll sing along um you know they may still chitter chatter and all that stuff but it's it's still kind of like a a formality like yeah we do this and man they really played that new caleb song that i really like and it got me hype and i don't know why and then there's a a decent sermon maybe you're in a church that has a decent Maybe even a thematic expositor, but but it's it's probably not going to be anything uh, revolutionary in helping you in your discipleship and yeah. your sanctification. Or then you have the yeah. ones that sing mantras for two hours, and you've just saying "You are good, you are good, oh oh" for ten minutes, and have no idea what you're even talking about. Right? Or <laughs> you you just latch on to quote unquote spontaneous worship, which is which is not a thing. And we can talk about that at some other point because we were in that. Spontaneous worship just means the crowd singing and you want to keep playing and everybody's hit all their feels and your vocals sound pretty good. Now we're going to keep it going. We're going, we're going to milk this thing. Is it not? Yeah. You were there. It is. I was there. I did that a lot. And so let's first talk about the purpose before we talk about the content let's let's go with that route yeah i think the purpose is probably one realm that people probably have contemplated themselves content probably not as much or at least that was what it was for me but my i I would say that a lot of times though the purpose even if you can articulate may not be correct because like you said, we have been so conditioned by this seeker-sensitive aspect of what we believe church should look like now, even though it does not resemble what we see in scriptures at all. And so what what is the purpose? And I would just, if you've never asked yourself that, I would definitely recommend you do that. Like, Yeah, yeah. Why, why do we sing? Yeah. It, it, and we're not talking about uh, the order of service for your particular 
uh, house of worship. We're not talking about, well, we sing two songs at the beginning and then two songs at the end or four songs at the beginning. That's not what we're talking about. Why? Why do you sing? Why do you do that? What's the purpose? Many will say that they don't know. I'll just be very frank. Well, it, they, they chalk it up to tra- tra- yeah. tradition. It's, what we do. it's just what we do. I mean, this is just part of church, but they can't tell you why. Yeah. Well, the reason is found throughout Scripture. We see Paul. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, whenever Paul had that layover on his way to Rome, and he's preaching, and he, he's preaching to midnight, and... uh Oh boy, falls out the window. Remember that? Yes. But we see this. We see there this New Testament snippet of what the the church looked like in the New Testament, and we're not like some weirdo, ultra like Qumran community conspiracy theorists, fundamentalists, like <laughs> reinterpreting everything and saying we have to do it this way or else. We're we're talking about what would be termed the regulative principle. Or, you know, what if what the Bible speaks to, we need to do, and we're not talking about necessarily particulars every single time. Sometimes we're talking about what we would call the general equity of something. Yeah. And so in that section of Acts, I believe it's Acts uh, 23. I think it's early 20s. 20, 20s. It's, it's been a long week, so excuse me if I misquoted that. We see Paul having this layover. And um, the guy falls out the window and he heals him and all that stuff. But we see this snapshot of, of how the church functioned. It came together. It, it fellowshiped over food. It fellowshiped over uh, what we would call the Lord's Supper, that sacrament. We see that it, it fellowshiped and it, it, and it gathered to hear the word preached. And you have to remember that the first century and the, the first quote-unquote Christians were majority um, converted Jews that realized that this was the ultimate, the telos of everything, that it came to this. And so there were some aspects of Judeo worship that came over, such as the singing of Psalms. Well, guess what? We see that in the that section of Acts, and we see that in Paul's writings to greet one another with singing, of, and we see that in Colossians, Colossians of... Yeah. of uh, of singing with hymns and psalms and spiritual, spiritual songs. songs. And that's not talking about a spiritual song <laughs> language. Where what he's talking about there is he's a, it's a tripartite um, emphasis of we need to sing. And what what's it what's the chiastic middle point in that little phrase right there? Psalms. It's talking about scriptural scriptural songs or, or songs that are based in the Word of God, and so. Would you, Morgan, would you say, and let's let's just kind of camp here for a second, because I don't want to be the one that gets into a, a, a rant. Um, would you say that the majority of Big Eva or evangelicalism would say that the that music within the church is somewhat of like an icebreaker entertainment? Yeah. I definitely think that that, I mean, I've even been a part of churches where, I mean, I've been in, on worship teams at almost every church that I've been a part of, and I know specifically that even the way that they structure what song you're going to sing in what order is because they know that you're going to not worship um, as well in the beginning when you first get there because your mind is other places. And so they're manipulating you emotionally to try to get you to a point that they want to get to. Um, and it's entertainment. It is because, and we're not here to say either that God does not deserve excellency. Because Absolutely he does. not. We don't need people distracting you because they're so horribly oh, the, untalented. The, the Lord will bless it. Yeah, and Ethel I am can't not that. In the bucket, right? No, that is not us. That kills that's actually me. the quite opposite. Of, that's of the, the opposite. Hill family. But there is a fine line between God deserving our best and then us being in production more than we are in praise. That's the issue, and I would argue that the purpose. I would say if I asked 10 people that I know that 
wouldn't really line up with me um, on this topic. I'd say probably eight out of 10 would give me some sort of version of an answer of the purpose of worship is for me to experience the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and music. Right? Through music, and, yeah. yes. It, it's this, well, that just kind of primed the pumps, and it's just like when we're singing, and and uh, the, and I want it to be like a rock concert. And again, listen, hey, y'all, I'm uh, not 30 <laughs> yet. I'm 29, <laughs> and I am a sound guy, and I am a drummer, and I like that stuff, and I think, I, and I think that, that the Lord delights in slightly louder music than you would think. Yeah. Because, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But... It's this, it's got to be this production-driven rock concert. And if it's not, then... Then the, I can't worship to I, that. I can't worship. Yeah. You see how man-centered that is? It's not even, it's not even concerned. Or, and you have both sides of it. You have, yeah. I've, we've seen ourselves, you can have an older generation who goes into an environment that does produce some louder music and uses multiple instruments. It's not just a piano. And well, I can't worship to that because I don't like those instruments or I don't like those songs. But I would say, I just want to hold us in because we could talk mm, about this yeah. for probably like five hours and nobody wants to listen to us talk no. that long. Let's just be honest. Back to the original question, the purpose. Mm -hmm. If the purpose is centered around you and your experience the purpose is wrong. That That's not the purpose. I can go to church and sing songs with a congregation, with the fellow believers and saints, and not feel goosebumps and not cry and not be overwhelmed with emotion and worship the Lord. I would say you're probably worshiping him more in spirit and in truth when that happens. Yeah. Because like, you're, you're, you're not engaged by your emotions. That does not determine your worship. Your worship is simply proclaiming truth about God to God and praising him through the words that he's given us. It's not feeling a certain way or being led into this other literally like this other cognitive dimension almost like a heightened state of awareness yeah. which is very new age and gnostic yeah it's scary i've done it it's terrifying honestly um looking back at it now but at the time i was like oh my gosh that was the holy spirit like y'all the nothing in scripture says the holy spirit causes chaos it does not say that he causes you to just not be able to be in control of your Self. It's actually the opposite. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Right. And and so I get. Let, let's use a little deductive reasoning right here. What what we're saying is, is m music within the church is is not a for this, uh, almost pseudo gnostic experience that's just between you and God. Nobody else is in the room. It's just you. Actually, we're we're called to. to in Hebrews to say, gather together in with Colossians, the saints. It says to sing to one another. Yeah. That, that's what you're supposed to do with each other, not you in your little darkened room, completely so, focused so if we on are yourself. To sing to one another. What does that say that that music is also used for for the building up building of up the with saints? Each other, yeah. And it's the building up of one another. That's like one of the secondary roles of music is a praise unto the Lord, but b it builds one another up. Um and. We would also also say that it's not entertainment. Yeah, that's that, what we really want to hone in on. That it's not just it's not entertainment. Um, it, it's not to say, look, we've got a Christianized version of what you went to the night before and got hung over at. Yeah, right. It's it's not for entertainment. And it's really heartbreaking because if you go, I mean, we live in. I don't know if you'd classify us in a rural setting, probably it, it, closer. It's not anymore. It's not anymore. It's not anymore. It, it, when we were growing up, Mount Sterling, Kentucky was more rural, um, but because of the expansion of Lexington and... Yeah, just surrounding uh, cities that, that we've grown to, it, so I wouldn't even classify as that, yeah. but we are a smaller town. But it's heartbreaking because just almost every church that I've been in, you can go, and, and this, it used to 
upset me for the wrong reasons, but for the right reasons, you could tell that people thought that this was for entertainment because they sit there and are spectators rather than joining in in the praise of the Lord. And that's that's not to actually blame them at all. That's no, to, it's not. That's it's because the, we've the set pulpit. up, we've set up. I mean, we've created a stage, like we've created a concert atmosphere. So, what do you do at concerts? You listen, and you're entertained. That's not the purpose of music in the church. Is not purpose of music within the confines of your home when it comes to worshiping the Lord either. But we've heightened so much to like the celebritizing. I don't know if that's a word yeah. of worship leaders that we've even put more into that and created more of this entertainment aspect because, oh, well, my, my, my favorite famous worship leader did this, and then, like, we go and listen to them, and then it's, like, no different than being at a regular concert. Like, you still act the same, and then you bring that type of ideal... Uh, I guess, like, set up into your church. Yeah, and that's not to say, so please, we want to be actually be over-enunciated uh, in this and be extra clear so that there's no confusion. We advocate, and I believe that the Bible advocates for quality yes. music, excellent music, uh, um, people that actually are gifted in that, an instrument that, and vocal. An instrument and in vocal. Both. We are totally fine with using microphones. We're totally fine in using a projection system. Um, I think there is something special about a hymnal that we yeah. have lost, but that that's totally fine. Um, it, and instruments, it, like yeah. we're totally for instruments. And, yeah, we're, we're not a Church of Christ type deal thing. Um but we also want to emphasize this, and Luther, uh, I have it pulled up here. I'm actually using this for something that I'm working on. It's it's his preface to George Rao's uh, Symphonie Acunique. I think it says Acunde. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Symphonie Acunde. He he wrote this preface to this this orchestral piece or this music piece, and basically what Luther says is, God has given music as a gift. It is an art, and it is an art. And what is art meant to be? Uh, how is art meant to be handled? It is meant to be relished in and contemplated because it is beautiful intrinsically. Uh, there's a difference between art and entertainment. Entertainment says, I'm bored. Help me pass time away. Yeah. Beauty and art is an intentional thought process and an intentional uh, cognizance of this is beautiful. I want to engage with it mentally even physically in some aspects, uh, emotionally, I want to be in it because it is beautiful. And and Luther says God has given us music because he, he makes a very profound statement. And you have to think this was in 15, I believe this was 1538. He says, even the wind, you can't see it. You have no idea even really how it works. And yet it has been endowed by the creator with a sound. Everything has a sound. Have you noticed that? Yeah, no, I've never thought Everything about that. has a sound. And so uh, he goes on to say in this little preface to this work that uh, music is not just a good gift that, that God has given us. It is something that he has chosen to give us even his own word through. That's how important it is. You know, because we kind of have this this little book. It's real small called the Psalms. <laughs> And by small, I mean it's the largest book of the entire scriptural kapora. And it's all song, right? Yeah. It is something that God has used, the Holy Spirit has delighted to use even song to give us portions of the word. And we have songs littered throughout scripture from uh, this the song of Moses at the Exodus to the song of Yahweh that ends the entire Pentateuch in Deuteronomy. Uh, song is important. Music is important. And the, the very last Psalm of the entire, uh, of the entire Psalter, Psalm 150, I mean, it just constantly is saying, let everything praise the Lord. 
let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then what's so ironic is everything that praises the Lord are things, uh, some of the things that are used don't have breath. They need us to use them, like the cymbal and the tambourine. And then even we see that the rocks will cry out throughout Scripture as well. It is all about what? Primarily praising God, but but secondarily the purpose of of music within the church is to teach. It is to praise, but in praising God, what are we doing? We're learning who He is. Music is to praise within the church, and this would be applicable within marriage because our our families are our little uh, molecular structures of the church. It is to praise the Lord and it is to teach. Yeah. And and Luther in that little preface talks about that, that music teaches. He's so famous for saying music is the handmaiden to theology, meaning she serves she serves the, the preached word and the read word because it comes alongside and helps us to to remember it teaches. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah, I would I'd like to just talk about that within the home. Just coming off of just this morning when I was making breakfast, I had the kids in there with me and I turned on I'm say his name for me so I don't screw it up. How are we gonna say it? So we I'm say sorry suave. if I say it wrong. We say suave. Brian Suave. I am very sorry if you listen to this and I butchered your last name. I'm greatly we sorry. We love you. Yes, we definitely appreciate your music for certain. So he has just been releasing psalms like crazy, and it's lovely. And I turned some on and was cooking some pancakes with the kids, and I look over and my two-year-old is singing, Let Everything That Has Breath Praise the Lord. Psalm 150. Psalm 150, yes. Uh, That's why uh, it's constantly, it's one of our favorites in Mm -hmm. our house, so it's like constantly in our mind. So what what is my two-year-old already being taught at 8 o'clock this morning he is able to recite a psalm, that that's what he's singing, and that's the content that is going on within his little mind right now. He may not understand it. He probably doesn't, but that's okay. Yep. That's okay. And it's, are we moving on to content? Did you want to do that, or we, did we want to yeah, not because go there Yeah, because if we're going to talk about music being a tool for teaching, teaching yeah. then, then here we need to what understand this as well, that... That Keith Getty is right. Pastors should care about what's taught because that falls back on them. Yeah. What what the content is, and we'll get to that in a moment. But if music is a primarily a tool for for teaching, and if we have right knowledge of God, that means we can rightly praise Him. And any parent, any parent of a child that is able to speak knows that song is the easiest avenue to teach. It is. Your child is going to pick up on anything that is set to a melody. And it's probably going to be stuff that you really don't want to hear all the time. We have nursery rhymes constantly coming from our kids sometimes. Um, But why would you not want to use that avenue with your own children? Um, something, and, and I think that that even speaks for itself. So if, if the purpose of music is first to praise and second to teach, then God did not do this accidentally. Your child is able to sing Cocomelon songs like it's a karaoke night because that's how God has created us. Mm-hmm. He's created us to be able to catch on to these to, to intake and then regurgitate. Exactly. And this to be an ideal way to do it through song. And so one thing that I have just really um, been opened to with my own children is that they take in a lot more than you would expect. And they can regurgitate yeah. more than you would expect them to. And if we move this into what... Keith was talking Mm -hmm. about, man, you need to be so aware of what you're allowing your kids, yourselves, your congregation to take in. I was the 
prime example of not caring about the music and it leading me other places I didn't need to be. Right. And so we can we can bridge into what Keith Getty was saying and we're, we're not necessarily going to talk in this moment about sources. Yeah. We're let's save that for another episode because that right there is probably going to get heated with some people. Uh and they can get over it because you know, if your pastor is like, "Well, I don't have a problem with with us singing that new Bethel song, but then let know, Bill Johnson come then, preach then in your pulpit. Bill Johnson come. Well, but we don't. What, then let him come preach. It's simple as that. It, but let's bridge into what Keith is talking about here. Um, Luther, with that quote about music being the theolo- the handmaid to theology, I want to add on to that and say music, the songs that we sing as a blood bought saint, are many sermons that we carry with us everywhere we go. Now, Morgan, if I said, hey, what's probably the one of the very first songs you can ever remember learning? Everybody's going to say probably a couple of, of the same ones. Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, the ABC song, ABC's, yeah. that kind of thing. Guess what? Um, when you go up to my grandmother, who's almost 80 years old, she can still sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. She can still sing the ABC song. Because music goes deep within us and stays there. And so if there are many sermons that we take with us and that we find ourselves tapping our foot along to and humming, like this morning, I was the one that caused you to turn that song on. Yeah. Because I was humming the melody. You were humming it, and then I started to, singing it, and then I turned it on. <laughs> uh, Bron Suave's version of, uh, you know, his rendition of Psalm 150. Um, you know, I was, I was humming that, and guess what? That was humming scripture. And so what we carry with us, those little mini sermons, absolutely matter when it comes to content. And so that's what Keith Getty gets at in his article, and you, re- you can read it for yourself. You know, if, if what we're carrying with us is you alluded to a Bethel song earlier of you are good, you are good, oh, oh, and you sing that over for, for 15 minutes until you're in this, you know, this very pagan, trance. tr- uh, tranced state of vain repetition, um, then you're not even really giving thought about what you're saying. The first three times you say it in that 15-minute block of saying that over and over, you probably get what you're saying. God is good. We listened to a song coming home this tonight that is uh, one of my favorites, but it was God is good all the time, all the time God is good. And then it, it, it then the whole it song is actually an expounding that. of what that even means. Even, even when it seems the answer is no, all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. Uh, you know, and it talks about that. And so... But when we have other songs that instead of expounding upon truth of a statement, they just are throwing in random artistic yep, sounding words, words yep. that have no meaning, then that's what I used to take along with me in my head. And I'm just like, and I look back and I'm like, what does that even mean? Well, and we also have entire, entire churches, quote unquote churches out there that have that are that are releasing music for other churches to sing, which which the the concept's not bad. That's okay. Like we can understand that, but but the content is not okay. Because what it is again is so and so uh is on Capitol Records or Virgin One Records or E One Entertainment or whatever the, the big record label is now. And so they're releasing it. And what does that record label want? It wants sales and it's an entertainment industry. Um, and so they're going to, they're going to sing primarily what sells. And we saw this, I think in 2013, primarily, it seems like everything that came out had to do with walking on waves. Oh, that's yeah. when that, Oceans. yeah, that's when that Hillsong <laughs> song came out about water and everything was just wash over me, the waves, uh, 
it, everything had yeah. to do with water. And then it moved year. on to freedom. And then it moved on to the, my chain. The chains are broken. Freedom. Yeah. All, all, all of that stuff. And so there's these buzzwords that just get kind of recirculated. And so everything ends up functioning around these little buzzwords in evangelicalism. And what I would say is mainline evangelicalism that you would find at the former art, the, the artist formerly known as Lifeway, um, where you could go in and buy your little Beth Moore devotional and, you know, your girl wash your face stuff. Um, and read some buzzword devotional stuff about empowered, free, beauty, identity, worth, right? Yeah. Um, and so... And then a lot of the times, the content is just so self-focused. It's self-focused or it's vagaries. Yeah. And so we, you, the, these, these songs, the, the popular ones, are going to take a maybe like a popular... Christianese phrase or maybe like a thought of scripture or maybe even mm-hmm. like a quote of scripture ripped completely out of context. Um, and then they're going to f- form a, an entire thing, an entire song around that. And so what you end up walking around with is this little sermon that you, that you end up humming to yourself. Let me, let me ask you that this is to, to prove a point. This morning on Wednesday, with everything that we've got going on, did you just like wake up and were you making bread and all that stuff in the kitchen this morning? And did you like contemplate one of the points from my sermon on Sunday? No. Or did you start humming a song? I started singing Psalm 115. <laughs> and that's not, and that's not, do you know why? Because I wasn't really even thinking about that. Yeah. But I started humming a song. That there, there's the point. Yeah. We, we, we may have a sermon that cuts us to the core, but we, like little children and little goldfish, only remember that for a day or two, unless it's one that completely changes our life. Like Paul Washer's shocking message, the most shocking message. <laughs> and if you have not, you need to listen to that Do today. It. Or, uh, you know, something in that manner that that's what we jump to. And so, what the content is is of those songs absolutely matters. And so that's where we, we shift to say this. Um, we have had a, a love for the Psalms. We, we, we think that we have to come up with all these new songs all the time, and yet we've got a, a fixed songbook in the Bible with 150 options. That was completely divinely inspired. Right. That's what I think we failed to realize. It was like, oh, well, it's just a book of Psalms. Oh, and, and it oh, has to do with it has to do with Psalms. It has to do with David and Israel. Yeah. And it's like, no, this actually, is it's even God better for us now. On the page, we, He we, gave us. A we song live book. <laughs> in the fuller revelation of the Scripture with the coming of yeah. Jesus Christ. Go read Luke twenty-four. We can actually read those Psalms now. And see whenever David is lamenting or the community is lamenting about, uh, you know, what seems to be a defeat of the Davidic kingship, like in, let's, for example, Psalm 89, we can go, yeah, things may look bad, but but Jesus is the greater king sitting upon David's throne. We can sing the Psalms now with even with more joy of Christ, yeah. and even more excitement and even more resonation with with what was there with before the coming of Christ, that anticipation has been fulfilled. It's actualized. It's realized now. And you're exactly right. Oh, but it's, it's just, the, it's the book of Psalms. Yeah, exactly. It is the book of Psalms and there's, there's songs. And guess what? Many of them are prayers. They're laments. They are jubilant expressions of joy. They're questioning their feelings of, of loathing, of of, uh, across the entire emotional spectrum. Yeah. And please, uh, I just want to make a note here that like this has not always been how we've no felt. This is the same. <laughs> this is very yeah. new. We have, I would say even in the past year, have just, uh, well, I would say two years, just, mm-hmm. just the, the importance of Psalms it's, itself yeah. though has been quite recent. Have just, Loved, lo- I've loved, and I mean that, I've, with all of my heart and soul, loved finding 
solid artists that that have their little version or rendition of of a specific psalm. It's been mm-hmm. wonderful because not everybody does them the same, and that's what's yeah. so fun. Like Suave's version of Psalm 150 is completely different from the version that Matt Boswell just put out with Matt Papa and their new little their volume two of mm-hmm. their little things that they do, and it's completely different than the Gettys version. So now you have multiple songs of the yeah. same psalm Great. and it's scripture. Put them on, yeah, you know, put them on um, on rotation. And so the content absolutely matters. Are we singing the Psalter, the Psalms? I, I would hope that you are. And if you, but if you aren't, if like, you aren't, that's what I just want to keep throwing okay. out here is like, we th- don't think that we're like these people who have always had these convictions and um have but i pray that we're raising up our kids to have these yes, convictions because absolutely. we've walked yes through amen. the mire of walking through singing the absolute most garbage and even heretical junk yeah such as uh that dumb hill song song that like went chart top number one dove award winning stuff i'll just say that say the same thing of what was it called the, I don't even remember the name of it because it was so. Th- there was was one line in it, that's so heretical. But people Whoa, just what a beautiful name! What a beautiful name! You know the chorus is great. Yeah, what a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. Or King. Yeah, but that one line of you didn't want, want heaven, heaven without, without us, us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. Like he is, he is Some not self sufficient. That he yeah. is, that there is no aseity to God. That's blasphemy. Yeah. He's this needy God. He does not need you and he does not need me. He is fully self-sufficient, self-loving, and yet his very act of creation is an act of grace and a display of his love. And so that's the stuff that we walked through. Yeah. Content matters. The, the Psalter is a great place to start. Find find solid people that are that are. I think the point the that I was just trying to make is yeah. Go ahead. If you've if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh my gosh, I've never even thought like we should be singing the Psalms. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. I shouldn't be listening to Bethel or Hillsong or this. Like, don't be overwhelmed. One, don't be overwhelmed. Yeah. Two, don't get angry. Um, there's a solid chance if your initial reaction to us saying something about these artists is anger, you probably need to check yourself for a little bit of uh, misplaced zeal, uh, possibly some idolatry, been there, done that. Um, And three, know that you can do something about it now. Um, Like Zach said, like I am so thankful that my child, my oldest, does not remember she was so little, like she wasn't even talking yet. The music that I used to let her listen to and really just... Like on repeat. Oh, oh, it was constant. And I, like, it breaks my heart because I could even see her then, like she was getting sucked into it. But luckily she, like, she does not have a memory of this. But like what Zach said, like our children not knowing any different. I was just having a conversation the other day Um it had nothing to do with music, but it was about our kids and how how beautiful would it be for our children to grow up and to be able to look back and say they never knew a time when they didn't know and love the Lord and were surrounded by all of this stuff. That's that is the that, that should be our ultimate hope, goal the ultimate of hope. us as parents. And that's not to say that you doing all these things and listening to the Psalter and singing psalms with your kids is going to save them. It's not. But why not give them that environment? Yeah, this, why, this, don't this, push them into cultural Christianity. We, 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 we would, like right now, we would equate everything we're saying to a proverb. Yeah. It's a it's a general principle. It's not it, a it promise. It's not but like, you know, yeah. uh, train your child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's not a guarantee. Mm-mm. That's a general principle. Yep. And that's what we're saying with this as well. And so we've talked about uh, the content. And so I know someone is going to say, so all you all do is sing psalms? No. Au contraire. <laughs> 
we actually love the Psalms. We love hymns, not all hymns. I'll go and say that. Yeah, I don't no, like all some hymns. hymns some hymns good. are worse than some contemporary yeah. songs. And some psalms or uh, hymns are just terrible. Yeah. But we also like what we would call spiritual songs or quote unquote contemporary songs, but probably nothing you're going to hear on the radio. I promise you nothing. No, you're, you're not going to hear it on the radio. Um, <laughs> it won't be there. I'll give you a couple examples of, of people that I love. Morgan knows, uh, I, I call her the, the best singer songwriter, uh, in any genre right now, uh, Caroline Cobb, uh, her, her music and her, her songs are nothing but either thematic, uh, the, the themes of scripture set to music or a specific idea or story out of scripture or, or, or a Psalm or scripture itself. Please go check her out. She is absolutely fantastic. She's got a voice kind of like Stevie Nicks. Very kind of old, yeah. It's and sh- old, kind of raspy, cra- folky. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. It's very. If pretty. you like that style of voice, check out Sandra McCracken. She's another good one as well. Um, goodness, we've got Sovereign Grace. Sovereign Grace is solid. Um, City of Light. City They're of Light. really good. They're very. Um, their stuff is going to sound more like modern hymns. Mo- a modern hymn, yeah. That's and what you know, most we, their we stuff like, sound we like. We like the Gettys. We like Matt Boswell and Matt Papa. Um, some people have a problem, uh, like I do have a little bit of a problem with who Shane and Shane like to work with sometimes. And we don't listen to their worship initiative because yeah. they pull in a lot of, yeah. I, I just, I, we're not a fan of the, the intermingling. Yeah. Um, but, but I will tell you that I, I, their Psalms live they album do Psalms and, and hymns, their hymns and they're are, good. are great. Um, and that's just, a, and, and Brian Suave, we've mentioned him. He, he does more than just the Psalms. He does. Um, some some spiritual songs as well. He's got uh, a song called uh, "Bright the Rider" that's really good uh, on multiple EPs and albums. You can find all of these people on Apple Music and Spotify as well, and we'll link some of them. Uh, and there's some that that I've just found recently, actually, just kind of doing a deep dive into similar artists and trying to trek through stuff. Uh, there's another guy that does songs, uh, Psalms. I think his name is Wendell Kimbrough. Uh, really good got kind of a folky voice um we could name a bunch of stuff really um but we don't just listen to some like you know weird rendition of the psalms a choir master at all times like like gregorian (laughs) chanting of the psalms you know that probably sound cool though i'm not gonna lie the lord is my shepherd i shall not want (laughs) He makes me like no, but for real, do check out Psalm twenty three by Brian Suave. Yeah. It is phenomenal, and it's set to the tune of Amazing Grace. We, I promise you, we're not paid spokesmen for, for him. I would be though. Uh, wonderful, wonderful album. But nonetheless, it, it's not just the Psalms, but the content matters. The, we enjoy sometimes just sitting down and listening to hymns, and we actually both do enjoy sitting down. And going through hymnals and just reading what the the lyrics are. Yeah. Because sometimes you may come across a hymn, and if you are musically inclined, you may come across a hymn that's from like 1700, 1600, 1800, and you don't know the tune to it, but you love the words, and they are solid, and they're based in scripture. Make it up yourself. We've seen that yeah. multiple times. Um there, there's just so, I mean, this topic of music is so endless, but speaking of endless, we probably need to end this because it could go on for hours. But music, the the purpose of it is is twofold. First of all, it is to praise the Lord and it is to teach. And it is not to entertain. It is not to entertain, but I would also say that it is music's uh, purpose for us from God is to praise Him, to teach, but it is also art given from him and it is beautiful and we should relish in beautiful music that's why whenever you hear someone hit a wrong note or (laughs) sing off pitch it's it it, their guitar goes out of tune like yours did (laughs) uh it it is unsettling are you getting a potential spam call i'm not it's just a bunch of messages at once sorry okay i was about to say listen (laughs) if they really want me to eat that i'll try it It's it's <sighs> music is for praise and for teaching and it is a beautiful art and the content matters. 
what it is teaching is is so important. And I want to close with some scripture. Is that okay with you, Morgan? Yeah. In Amos, uh, he do you know that what Amos is? Do you know what he's really popular for? Cookies. Have you ever had famous Amos? They're not very good, by the way. They're way too crunchy for me. Not as good as your snickerdoodles that you just made me. I was going to say, I just made you cookies. My, my, my. You're a keeper. This is so reminiscent and so startling every time I read this because it reminds me of the modern Christian music machine. This is Amos 6, verse 5. Uh, I'll, start in, I'll start in verse 4. This is, this is Yahweh speaking to his own people in judgment, and very sarcastically I might put that. Woe to those who lie on beds of ivory and stretch themselves out on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall. They're just so self-indulgent. Here you go, verse 5. Listen to this. This is a woe against someone like this. Who sing idle songs to the sound of the harp and like David invent for themselves instruments of music. What does that have anything to do with? I want to read the footnote from the ESV Study Bible concerning this because it is so spot on to what we're talking about. This is what it says. Although the uh, Israelites here that are being uh, very paganistic and are just kind of going through the motions and doing whatever they want to do, thinking that, that God's just a machine that you put the quarter in and you know, out comes the result. Although the Israelite elites emulated David in making music, because that is one aspect of David's life that he is most well known for, the first two books of the Psalter are primarily his psalms. Uh, there's some more scattered throughout after that, like Psalm uh, 101, 103, uh, various ones like that. They emulated David in making music and perhaps congratulated themselves on that. But it is clear that they had no real awareness of the deep meaning of the Hebrew Psalms with their passion for God and His ways. Does not does that not sound exactly like so the Christian music today, machine right now? Yeah. Woe to you! And you know what that means? Every two weeks or every month, these big quote unquote Christian artist groups have to figure out a way to release some sort of EP or full-length album with a new song to be able to make it to number one or at least break the charts on K-Love or Christian whatever charts, which right now the number one uh, Christian music song is by a quote-unquote gay Christian on <laughs> iTunes. Yeah. Why is this it's your a, life? called a queer anthem. And... That also can be a topic for another time, how we just, you know, all shucksy-daisy platform everybody who says that they're a Christian. If this passage of Scripture does not sound exactly like the modern Christian music machine, then I don't know what else does. Because what what, what do we do? We sing these idle songs. It's just this fluffy, buzzword, Christianese-sounding songs that play either play on the emotions or just are a bunch of f- word salad, like a Chuck Pierce prophecy. <laughs> and we just release the fire out of them as much as we can, hoping that one will stick. It's like throwing a whole bucket of slop on the wall and hoping that something in it will stick. And then we we do all this stuff and we we even do it with inventing instruments for ourselves now we've got christian rap with 808s right and we've got christian dance music and we've got christian metal and we've got all this stuff and what do we do in the christian music industry we all pat ourselves on the back and go see you we're just like a modern day david the lord delights in it we're just making we're singing to him a new song As if simply just slapping some Christianese lingo on a song and saying it's for the Lord is is what he delights in. 
as if like that's the entire purpose of the song anyway. Like, look, we made up a new song. Isn't aren't you happy with it, God? No. Well, they are. They really like it out there. Look, we just went platinum with it. We sold out Miami Stadium. Down in you know Miami. Almost said Tampa. That's stupid. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Tennessee. Yeah. No. We we just sold out. You know wherever we sold out Rep Arena, thirty thousand people. The Lord doesn't delight in it. Well, they do. Ticket sales show that they like it. Everybody had an experience. They, we congratulate ourselves. The Christian music industry congratulates themselves like they're a modern-day David. Amos, in Amos right here, God says to those who act like that and think like that, woe to you. You know what that means? Judgment is coming upon you. Oh, well, that had to do with Israel. Oh, so we can't glean the principle from this portion of the Old Testament because it's it seems to me that God's people do the same thing over and over again. Yeah, they sure do. Woe to you who sing idle songs. What we sing matters. We'll just make that the little mantra of this. If you want yeah. something to remember, what we sing matters. Why we sing matters and what we sing matters. The purpose of our singing and the content Anything that you want to add as we close? I mean, I would just close with ultimately those things matter because God says it does. Like he clearly what we just read, like he cares how he's worshiped. He cares what's used to worship him. Um, we've, we've got to stop just one separating the old and the new testament as if the god now in the new testament is flippant and doesn't care he kind of killed some people in the new testament for that yeah that's what he <laughs> be grateful i am that he has not done that to myself because i have been guilty of it just the same but just know that this isn't something that matters because we say it does. It matters because Scripture says it does, which ultimately means God says that it does. He he absolutely cares how he is worshipped. And it's not... Yeah, that's a good point. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that you are free to worship him how you see fit. That's not what that's talking about. Um. You worshiping in spirit and in truth requires there to be truth. And also requires you to be actually regenerate of the spirit. Yes. Well, we'll just, we'll stop right here because we could get on a real salty rant about some yeah. things. And somebody will say, well, you all are really bitter about some stuff. What's it matter to you? Uh, your salvation matters to me. And what you, honestly, what do you propagate about my God matters to me. If you propagate through your song and espouse through your song that he's just this, uh, you know, this big hippie who loves everybody, don't care what you or done, a boyfriend or your boyfriend <laughs> that you want to make out with in the back seat of your car after you've danced all night, or that he's like your dancing buddy on God's great dance floor. <laughs> if that's if that's what you are propagating to the surrounding nations and to the world that my God is, and the God of the Scriptures, you're, you're bearing false witness about Him. So, Bill Johnson, Brian Houston, Stephen Furtick, all you dudes, you need to repent and step out of the pulpit. And stop producing music. Speaking of music, we'll roll ours because we could get on to a pretty lengthy topic about music. We're going to have another one about sources since we decided to yeah. shout some people out at the very end that uh, we got problems with. We're not afraid to name names around here. Unlike most leaders in your spineless evangelifish Big Eva world, I'm talking about you, Russell Moore, because you're one of them. Anyway, this is the Equal Yoke Podcast. We're salty because we're we just are tonight, I guess. It's just kind of what it is. We haven't got a lot of sleep this week. What we... 
sing about matters and the purpose of music matters. I'm Zach Hill. And I'm Morgan Hill. And we will yoke together in the future, God willing, for the glory of God to discuss some more family theology. And you can check out some links in the show notes to uh, artists that we've mentioned that we like and some of those articles. Until next time, God bless.